Hey, this is Israel. Here at the river, we're all about the message of the gospel of peace. That the Bible says, beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel or the good news of peace. So we have good news for you. The war is over. God is not angry at you. God is in love with you. And you can have peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we hope this message is a blessing to you. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com for more. Okay, let's turn into the Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We've been sharing over the last few weeks. This is the last week we're going to be talking about this subject specifically. But it's not like this subject isn't, I mean, it's, it's, it's the way the Word works. And so we're always talking about this scripture, really, or about this process. And, uh, but what we've been talking about is old covenant mindset being provision. Most people in church all their life has been, have been taught just, if you have a need, go to God and He'll provide your need. Well, that's provision. You know, the mindset of, okay, I only have my, enough for my daily bread. And we need to understand that, that that whole concept of daily bread living came from when the children of Israel were sent out into the desert for 40 years instead of them walking into what God had established in the, in the promised land. See, there's two kinds of land. There was a river Jordan, and on this side was provision. On this side was God's promises. And what we need to understand is what Jesus said. He said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That there's a kingdom of heaven that Jesus came to establish on earth that's full of the promises, just like we heard this morning. The promises are yes and amen. It says several places that everything that pertains to the life and godliness has already been provided for you. Everything. Not just a little bit or just enough, but everything in abundance. Jesus said, I bring you life and life more abundant. We were talking about this last night. We need to realize that the Christian life is not about you asking God. See, most of us think Christian life is is about you asking Jesus to come into your life and make your life better. That's not what the Bible's all about. That's not what the gospel is all about. It's not about you asking Jesus into your life so he can make you better. It's about you giving up your life and stepping into his life and stepping into what he's done. Most of the time we're asking God to bless what we've done instead of us living in what he's done. Does that make a difference? As long as it's about you, there's one thing, we're going to say it now, we're going to say it again. It's not about the works you do for God. It's about your response to what God's done for you. Most believers are about trying to work for God, and what God is wanting us is to respond to what He's already done. And we're going to talk about that this morning because what we're talking about now is, is in this, to help us understand this process of provision, uh, I mean promises versus provision, we need to understand in the book of 1 Peter, uh, it says in chapter 1, verse 23, that when you're born again, there's a seed that's placed inside of you, an incorruptible seed. And we know by reading in the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, actually Genesis chapter 2, that when a seed is sown, it produces after its own kind. God even performed the, or provided or made the system of seed time and now, we, we understand what the seed is because the seed is always in the Word referring to as the Word. And Jesus is the seed or the Word. And I love the fact that we are after the, the seed of Abraham, not the seed of Moses. Because over here in provision land, it was all about Moses. But over here, it's about promised land living. It's about promises, just not provision. And so what we need to understand is that in the Scripture, in Romans chapter uh, chapter 1, it says that in nature, God put His nature so you would understand the way He is and the way He does things. And in nature, one of the things, the reason we're all here is because we understand what conception is. 
We understand what gestation is. We understand what delivery is because we've all been born of water. Does everybody understand that? We've all been born of water. And Jesus told Nicodemus uh, in the middle of the night that unless a man is born again, meaning that, well, you're born once in the wa- of water, which is natural, but now you have to be born again of the, of the Spirit. And that's when that seed gets placed inside of you. And that happens instantaneously. If that seed is in fullness, we've talked about the importance of knowing the seed. We've talked about knowing the, seed, the quantity, then the quality, and the nature of the seed. If I, if I want to plant corn, I better be planting corn seeds. Right? So we need to understand that God wanted righteousness on the earth, and so he planted a righteous seed. He planted his son. And every seed produces after its own kind. Aren't you glad he didn't plant Moses? Because it would have produced after its own kind. Yeah, that's why I said yikes. So he planted a belief system. He, he wanted people to be righteous according to their belief, not according to their works. And so when Jesus died on the cross, the scripture says that a seed before it can bring forth life has to die. And so Jesus died on the cross and was planted in peace. In James 3, verse 18, it says that, that, that right, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. And that's why God declared peace on earth and goodwill toward that when Jesus came as an infant, the angels, the heavens declared peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So God could plant his son, righteousness, in the ground of peace. So it produced more righteousness. Because peace, our righteousness can only be planted in peace. That's what's so cool. See, most churches have never even heard about the peace of God, the gospel of peace. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How beautiful are those who preach the, the how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. We need to understand that this has been a plan of God from the very beginnings of the eons of time. Was to bring a people a group of people that could be his children, that he could love on for all eternity. And you've been placed here for that. You're, you're, you, weren't, you weren't born during the time of the Old Covenant. You're born under the time of the New Covenant, where the goodness of God is. See, but churches don't hear that. People in churches we usually don't hear that. We hear about the wrath, the judgment, the guilt, you know, we, the control, the manipulation. But, man, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that will draw all men to repentance, change the way they think. This is so powerful. And so what we've talked about in the last, I don't know how, eight weeks or six weeks, whatever it's been, We've been talking about the process of conception, gestation, and delivery or manifestation. In other words, this is how the promises of God comes. How many people want to see the promises of God in reality instead of just hearing about them? I've heard about the promises of God all my life, but guess what? I want to experience them. This is how you experience. This is how you bring the promises of God, the seed that's been placed inside of you, into reality into, so you can experience it. And the, the, one of the key things in the process of gestation, when a woman gets pregnant, there's three trimesters. And in all three of those trimesters, there's three main things that she does that's her part, her role to play. And so there's three things that you need to do I thought you said I didn't have to do anything. Listen, we're going to talk about the, we've talked about those three things that you need to do to make sure that seed has the right atmosphere to grow in. Your responsibility is not to grow the seed because when you've conceived, it's going to grow. Your responsibility is for you to have the right nutrition, to have the right exercise, and to have the right rest. Those are the three things. If you just keep that in your mind. So when you hear the word of God, let's say you're sick or you're ill, uh, uh, or you have a, 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 a something that's passed down through your lineage and you want to stop it. The word of God says that Jesus Christ bore his stripes on his back for your wellness and your health. And so you take that seed, the word of God, it's planted in your heart, 
and now you nourish it. You, you nourish yourself. You start thinking. See, when you're, preg- when you're impregnated, uh, and we talk, we're not going back to talk about all this again, but when, you're, when you first get pregnant, you start talking to everybody. Oh, we're pregnant. See, something's happened. Something's changed. You begin to change what you see. You begin to change what you say. You begin to make different plans. You begin to do things because you believe. You know. See, when you believe and you know that the word is in you on healing, you need to start protecting it. You need to start nourishing your, yourself so it, give it, you, your container will be able to handle the growth. Okay? And in all of that, one of the things we need to do is also trust our rest in the fact that God said he would do it. Paul said, I'm confident this very thing, that he has begun a good work in me. He will perform it. He will. Most people are still, they're trying to do what God said he would do. And as long as you're trying to do it, he's not going to. You're messing up the system. Trust and rest. I, I tell people, are you telling me to quit doing all the stuff the other pastors tell Yeah, I'm telling you, quit it. It's not about what you, you can't do anything. The life is in the seed itself. You're doing is trusting. You're doing is resting in what he is, having confidence in what he has done. And see, most Christians are trying to become something that they already are. The harder you try to become something, the deeper it goes that you're in convincing yourself that you're nothing. It's a law of physics. You just need to, it's called, see, God made us a human being, not a human doing. How many of you have a hard time being a human? It just comes natural because that's the way God made you. Most of us are trying to become a human doing. You can't do human. You just be it. You can't do sonship, but you are one. And because you are one, then you'll be one. You see what I'm saying? You'll manifest it. It will come out. See, in the realm of your, in the realm of your spirit, matter of fact, we read this a couple weeks ago, that in the book of Galatians it says the fruit of the spirit is what? One of the words is patient. That the fruit of the Spirit is patient. The fruit of the Spirit is patient. Last week we started talking about the, the, the power of patience. Patience is not anything negative. I know for too long I was told, well, don't, a- don't ask God to help you with your patience or He'll give you a trial. He'll bring a tribulation. And when you ask for patience, oh, don't ask for patience. You'll get it. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit, see that seed is on the inside of you, is it not? The seed, the word says the seed is on the inside of you and the seed is the word of God and the word of God says the seed is patience. You have, let me just read that if you weren't here, keep your finger in Romans, turn to Galatians real quick. I don't want to lose you here. But the fruit of verse, uh, chapter 20, uh, excuse me, chapter 5 verse 22 but the fruit or the seed of the Spirit is love. See, you have love inside of you. If you've got the Spirit of God, you ha- this, is, this is an inventory of what you already have, not what you've got to get. You understand? This list is telling you what's in your pantry, not what's at the grocery store. Does everybody understand how I'm talking? This list isn't a shopping list for you to go get it. This list is the inventory of what you already got. But the fruit of the, or the seed of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Well, I don't feel peace. Well, it's in there in fullness, but it's in seed form. You haven't, you haven't brought, you haven't gone through the process of gestation. You haven't nurtured that. You haven't developed that seed. You've let the, we're going to get into that in a second, what the cares and the concerns of this world choke out, but it says the fruit, of the, the fruit or the seed of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is another word for patience. And believe it or not, there's kindness in you. There really is. We're going to find it too. Hopefully your neighbors will find it. Hopefully your wife or your husband will find kindness one day. Man, we need to understand. These are things that are already in you. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is in you. You don't have to go get, well, I just wish I was more faithful. Well, so do we. <laughs> but it's in you. 
You have the nature of God inside of you. Everything that God is, is in you. You have His DNA. Everything that Jesus is, is in you. The scripture says it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. In the realm of the spirit. That's why we need to renew our mind. Because our spirit man's complete in Christ. We need to understand that. Complete in Christ. Man, this is powerful stuff. So that's what's already in you. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 2. Starting with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And what happens when you stand? And you, what it's saying here says, And we rejoice in hope of the glory. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The word glory means God's reality. It's his, his view and opinion. So what this is saying is that you rejoice, that we rejoice, that when we have grace, grace is God's ability and our inability. Grace is the power of God working in us because we don't have that power. So it's the power of God, the seed inside of us, working in us. The Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. We have that power, but we just don't know. We haven't renewed our mind to that truth. Got it? Okay. So this is saying that through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory. See, that tells us right there there's a process taking place. The Bible also says hope that is seen is not hope. In other words, if you're hoping for something that you already see, it's not hope because now you're experiencing reality. So what this is saying, hope that this over here is not reality, so you're hoping. And how do you hope? It says right here, let me just read it again. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope. So what you're doing, you're making glory, you're boasting, you're exalting, you're, you're excited about. Man, it, it's like if you know, like when you're pregnant, you get excited. Hopefully you get excited. You get excited. You start telling people. You start painting your house different colors. You're, da, 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 da. you're looking into books and saying, what kind of name, what kind of name, what kind of Oh, I like that. Da, 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 da. Here's you, start, you start searching and looking. You're, you're consumed. Are you not consumed with what's happened on the inside? Well, that's the way it is with the Word of God. You get consumed. Rejoicing is, a, is an aspect of being consumed. I love what the word wait means. The word wait means the process of time, right? Those that wait on the Lord, that means time has to go by. That means you have to be patient. But if you take the word wait and take the letters and divide them out, separate them out, the W stands for holy, meaning totally and completely. A, anticipation. I, impartation. T, transformation. And what that means is, let me just say it this way, those that wholly anticipate an impartation that are bringing a transformation will renew their strength. If you wholly anticipate See, if you get excited about what God's doing totally and completely, but see, if you just, well, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, I tell you what, you, 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 take, you take someone that has, you take, I'm, I hate to pick on the men, but I'm going to pick on the men. You, you take a male that, I won't pick on the men because I'm going to pick on the male because this person I'm describing is not a man, but he's just a male. But anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> you take someone that has uh, been the, helped in the, the conception part of a birth and does, is not excited about give, you know, conceiving and doesn't feel the obligation and responsibility that he takes and starts murmuring and talking, pretty soon he'll leave because he's not wholly invested in what's just happened. You see that? Are you wholly invested in what's 
taking place on the inside of you? Are you completely, oh, I'm so excited that God, God's doing the work in me. All I got to do is keep on believing. I need to nurse. I need to nurse myself in the word. And, and I need to rest in what he's done. And I need to exercise my faith by rejoicing. We're talking about the word patience. We started talking about it two weeks ago. We're going to end the whole series talking about patience because you can't be patient without rejoicing in tribulation. Let's see what it says here. Let's go ahead and read the rest of this. It says this. It says, Rejoicing in hope of the glory of God, which is yet to manifest, but it will manifest because you're hoping for it. Got it? And not only that, but we also glory or boast but you know what? In the Greek, that word, that Greek word for the word boast or glory is the exact same word as the word rejoice. I don't know why they just didn't say it this way. Um, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in tribulation. That's what it should say. Now, what are you saying, Power? Are we supposed to be happy and rejoice? No. What were you doing? You were hoping for the glory of God to be made manifest. It's not there yet, see? You're over here, you know it's inside you, and you know it's going to manifest, and you have a confident expectation of good things to come. And the Scripture says that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So this is an aspect of faith, and the manifestation of your faith is not what you do. I'm not coming against the faith message. I'm adding to it. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. So here's an example. It's not about you doing faith. It's about you responding to what God's already done and believing it in your heart to a place it comes out of your mouth and you get excited about the power of God that's now working on the inside of you. And you know that you know that you know that tomorrow is going to be different than your past. That you're going to experience the Word of God and you're, going to, you're just not going to come. Listen, you come, you come to this church for one year and if you're still... I have to be nice. Like you are. Whatever that may be. <laughs> I got to be nice. I'm a pastor. Give, just give God a chance. Give him one month. Just, just, just give him a week. I double dog dare. And if you're old enough, you know. There's only thing, one thing greater than a double dog dare. What is it? Triple dog dare. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, I double dog dare. Next week, I'm going to triple dog dare you. I double dog dare you for one week. Just get excited about what God's already done on the inside and let it come out of your mouth. Let you hear it. Let other people hear it. Watch what happens to the people around you. You know what's going to happen? You're going to weed some out. What do you mean? But, 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 uh, but I won't have any friends. Well, what's that tell you about the friends you're hanging around? If you giving glory to God repels people around you, guess what? Maybe they shouldn't be around you yet. There'll be a day, but you've got to get strong in yourself first. The words, see, Mary had to get away from family, but she went back to family. But she went back pregnant. She went back showing. You see? But there comes a time when you need to separate yourself for a season. And so let the word grow strong in you. Look at this. Look what it says here. It says, so, and, and verse, verse 3, it says, And not only that, but we also rejoice in tribulation, knowing that tribulation... And this is where the translations really mess it up. But it says, in, in the New King James, it says it produces a better way to say this, that it engages patience. Tribulation is not produced. Tribulation is not a product. The purpose of tribulation is not making patience in you. Patience, according to the book of Galatians, is the fruit of the Spirit. Patience is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of tribulation. 
In Matthew chapter 13, it says, Tribulation comes when you receive the word and tries to choke the word out. So, tribulation's coming in to choke out the word. So, you need to rise up with patience because patience is a form of grace. Patience is the power of God in you to redeem the time and take control of time. Patience is in you to subdue and take charge and to show tribulations that you're victorious. If you're not patient, you will be ran over by your tribulation. But if you're strong in patience, if you use patience for your, as a tool and a, an attribute that you have inside of you, if you let patience come up and strong, it will, out, it will outlive tribulation. And how do we do that? It says again, we rejoice, the same rejoicing that we did in hope of His glory, the same rejoice we do in tribulation. So the same thing you do in faith is what you do in patience. What I want you to see this morning is there's a difference between faith and patience. Tribulations are not an attack on your faith. We'll see this. Turn with me to the book of, of James, and this is where we're going to pick up this morning. All that was introduction of past. Book of James, chapter 1. My brethren, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Man, this is just an exciting verse, isn't it? it I tell you, everybody, ho we're in trials, yeah, baby! <laughs> Listen, what we need to understand is that this really is a powerful, victorious passage of Scripture. What it's telling us that we will fall into trials. But it's preparing us on how to live through them victorious. Watch this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect... Wait a minute. Let's go back up. Verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience two different things faith and patience but let patience have its perfect work in you does it say let faith have its perfect work what is it saying let what's supposed to be working on the inside of you patience because patience, the power of patience is doing something on the inside. Uh, we're putting this up on the board. Oh, this is cool. That's great. Watch this. Uh, just go, go to Luke chapter 21, verse 19. Look, look what Jesus said. By your patience, possess your... It doesn't say by your faith, does it? It says... Patience is the tool. Patience is the power. Patience is the ability that's going to possess your soul. What is your soul? Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, the area of your will. Faith is not what possesses your soul. Patience is. The power of patience. Oh, oh, God, rise up the patience inside of me. And when I cry that out, you know what he says? He says, well, then magnify me. Get, rejoice. Start talking about how great I am, how good I am. Start noticing the small things, as Lori said this morning. Start noticing the small things I've already done. I've already conceived inside of you. Now magnify it. Go tell somebody. Feed yourself on the Word of God that supports what God's already done. Because patience will possess your soul. Because when you have the power of patience, when your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions are in line, and you're standing in faith, the trials will come to try to distill the seed. And you say, no, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that He is able you know that you know that you know that healing is for you. Just not healing, but you know that divine health is for you, that provision is for you, that peace and joy and all the kingdom of heaven is for you. 
man, we got to get a hold of this. Romans chapter 4. Here's an example in the Word. It's talking about Abraham. Now just real quickly, Abraham is the father of our faith. He, he was the first to believe in God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He didn't do things to become righteous. He just believed it and God placed, you know, and that is the, Jesus is the, for, uh, the seed of Abraham and we are the seeds from that seed of Abraham. So it's a matter of fact, the scripture even says that the work of God is to believe. Most, I mean, it's not about you doing this or you doing that or you doing that. It's about you believing in what he's already done for you and you receiving it and stepping into it. All right? So look at this. It says this uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 4. It's talking about Abraham. Verse 20 says, um, now let's go back up to... Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the, everybody say the word, seed. That's all of us. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in this present, uh, in this, in the presence of him, he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they are. Who, contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own outside circumstances. He did not consider the lack of time. Doesn't it say here that he did not consider his own body? What does that mean? See, he was already an old man past the time of being able to, to conceive and be the part of conception. So he didn't consider the fact that he was old. He didn't let that be an issue. And it goes on and says this. It says, he did not, excuse me, and not, being, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, I think this is really cool. He just didn't consider his own flesh, but he didn't consider Sarah's flesh. So in other words, he had to have faith in God in him and he had to have faith in God in Sarah. And see, that's what's missing in the church. Most people don't have faith in God in them. They might believe, well, they got faith in God in the pastor. But you don't have faith in God in you. You need to have faith in God in you. And you need to have faith in God in others around you. Because it's just not about you having faith. It's about other people around you having faith and knowing that God's working in you. He began to believe God for what he had, you know, what God said. It says, and having and being fully convinced. Let's go back up to 20. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How was he strengthened in faith? How was he strengthened during this time of gestation? He had heard the word, the word had conceived, and he had to strengthen himself. How did he strengthen himself in his faith and in his confidence and in his, his, his consistency and his, you know, he, he had resolve, he had patience. How did he do that? It says he strengthened himself giving. You can't worship enough. When you leave here, what kind of music do you listen to? Do you listen to praise and worship music at all? Do you listen to anything? Does, does the Word of 
do you rejoice in hope out of your mouth? Do you hear yourself thank God at least once a day? Do you hear the praise and word? Do, do you do what you do on Sunday every day? Because the more you let out of your mouth what's in your heart, the more you'll experience it. It's real simple. The scripture says that we're made righteous by our believing, but we experience salvation with our confession. Man. See, you're saved, you're saved in your spirit. You're made whole. But if you never confess it, you never apply it, you won't ever experience it in your you're, you're saved in your spirit, but you'll never experience it in your soul if you don't speak it, if you don't let it come out, if you don't develop it. Bring it to nurture, to germ, you know, to, to develop it, to, to feed it, to water it, to protect it and guide it. Because what happens, we usually hear the you usually hear a message in a church service, and you, you go, oh, man, that's a great message. What's the Bible say about that when you hear the word and it's planted into a ground? Some ground is full of stones. What's written engraved on stones? The law. So if you have a heart full of the law and you hear a word that brings joy to your heart, what's that law going to do to it? The Bible says it's going to choke it out. Then it says when the word comes as a seed and gets in your heart again, the cares, and the, concern, the cares and concerns of this world choke out the word and keep it from growing because that's what the trials and tribulations of this world came to do was to choke out the word. Don't let it choke out the word. This, I'm telling you right now this morning on how you can keep the word from being choked out. How you can actually experience the word of God is by you being about the apostles' doctrine daily, not the old covenant, the apostles' doctrine, not the law and the prophets, but the apostles' doctrine daily, letting the praise of your lips give glory to God. The Scripture says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. It says, I'll, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And it goes on and on and on. Isaiah chapter uh, 66, we read it, we're not going to read it now, but it says that He will cause us to give birth. He will bring us to the place of delivery. We need to trust in what He's done. We need to rest in what He's done. And we can give Him glory for that. And that's what needs to come out of your mouth. I thank you. I tell you what, we did a series on, on the key, keys of the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to change your life, if you want to change your life quicker, faster, more effective in, in the way God wants your life to change, you just start being thankful. I tell you, you want to change the atmosphere in your home? You want to change the atmosphere? You be thankful. Well, nobody's thankful for me. You be thankful and watch what happens. Husbands, you be thankful for your wives. Oh. <laughs> Boy, a uh, big amen in the back row on that one. <laughs> okay, I'll give you another opportunity. Wives? No. <laughs> Be thankful for your husband. <laughs> you know, watch, watch. Parents, be thankful for your children. I tell you, watch what happens. You just be thankful for the church you go to. How, a lot of people go to church and they don't like it. Why do you go? I'm serious. Why would you go to a place you don't like? Because I have to. Well, you're under some kind of guilt and condemnation trip. Quit it! I want you to be thankful. Learn to be thankful for what God's doing in your life. Remember, the, the Scripture says, I love what the Scripture says about being thankful. It says that God will not cause you to be small. If He could ever find a group of people that's thankful for Him in the midst of trials, He'll cause us to be large will be effective. It's not about raising the dead, healing the sick. I tell you, if we could just be thankful in the midst of adversity, if we could still give praise and glory and rejoice in the midst of trials and affliction, we'll make a difference in this world. People will see it. And they'll wonder, what the heck is wrong with you? You're not like everybody else. How come you're not sad? You just got fired with the rest of us. 
All your buddies up at the bar, and they're arm moping and groping, and you're saying, man, what a great opportunity. God's going to perform. He's doing something great. Now, i tell you what, if you went and got a job, to the, everybody rushes, oh, there's a job open, everybody rushes there. You got 25 guys got fired. There's 26 guys. 25 got fired, and they're all like, gah, 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 gah. you walk in and say, I'm so thankful. I know God's got, I mean, you, you, you got more to offer. You got a better countenance. You're not defeated. You're, you're a victor. You're an overcomer. You're on top of the ball. You're not under it. You're making a difference. You go up and tell that employer, says, listen, you're going to get more work out of me than your money ever bought from somebody else. They hire you on the spot. They say, prove it. You say, yes, sir. You go to it. Man, this is too cool. God's doing anything. Turn with the book. Uh, oh, we already Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll close with this. 2 Peter chapter 1. See, the, the manifestation of God's word, you don't need to learn about it. It's already, it, you'll know it when it happens. And you know when it's conceived. And so we've been talking about the gestation period and what takes place. Look what it says here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Now we've talked about this before, but we're going to start reading at verse 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, Jesus our Lord. And again, we read this backwards. If you don't have grace and peace, you don't have the right knowledge of God and Jesus your Lord. The knowledge you have should be producing grace and peace. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Everybody say nature. See, you're partakers of the nature. You already have the nature, having escaped the corruption. We talked about that when we talked about the, the quantity and the quality and the, the, the type of seed. Having escaped the corruption. Remember Adam? He became corrupted, but Jesus became incorruptible. Man, that's a powerful seed right there. And we escape because we're now in Christ instead of in Adam. Verse, verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Well, I thought all I had to do was have faith in God. That's where you start. That's how the seed gets planted. Now the Bible's telling you to add to your faith. Virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, patience, to patience, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now here's the important verse. It says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren, uh-oh, does that fit? You'll neither be barren or unfruitful. So you need to add to your faith. Now you already have these things in you. Matter of fact, I looked this up and I challenge you, if you've got a computer, do it yourself. If you've got books, do it yourself. But in verse 8 it says, for if these things, I even underlined it. I got a little circle here. You know what? That's not in the Greek. It's not if you have these things. It's saying that because you have these things, because you have these things, because you have godliness, because you have brotherly kindness, because you have, I mean, because you have these things on the inside of you, if you let them manifest, if you let them come out because you have them, if you nurture them and you, you do what the Word says to do as far as letting this, what's already happened inside you, you will never be barren. It will produce what it's supposed to produce if you let it out. 
If you let the joy of the Lord is your what? You have the joy of the Lord. You just got to let it out. You have healing. All you got to do is let it out. Quit trying to get something you already got. Just trust that you have it and respond. Not do, but respond. Thank you, Father, that I have kindness in me. Thank you, Father, that I have grace in me. Thank you, Father, that your power rests and abides in me. Thank you, Father God, that you place patience in me. And with patience, I can... I can take back the time. I can redeem the time for the days are evil. And thank you that you've done a good work in me and I can stand strong. Thank you, Father. I have brotherly kindness. Thank you, Father, that I'm gentle. Not only that I'm gentle, but thank you, Father, that I have power under control. You start thanking God for all the things that are already done in you and they'll start manifesting in your soul. Because remember, patience possesses your soul you will begin to think experience feel the manifestation of what god's done in your soul and when you get happy on the inside and it starts coming on the outside you'll start manifesting it in the natural and people will say my goodness gracious what have you been listening to and you'll say the word of god remember if you want something you never had you got to do something you never... Well, I've never done that before, Pastor. Guess what? That's why you've never experienced it. If you've never experienced the life I'm describing, that's because you've never done a life of... Listen, I'm not talking about a life of faithfulness. I'm not talking about a life of giving. I'm not talking... How about just a life of thankfulness? Oh. The Bible says that you will never be barren. You'll never be unfruitful. And it goes on to say that you will never fail. Wow. You'll never fail. Because you're letting what's inside of you come out through your mouth. Just start being thankful out loud. You need to hear yourself. Listen, there's, there's some people in here, and I, this is not a joke. It may sound funny, but there's some people in here just need to be thankful for yourself. You hear what I'm saying? You just need to be thankful for yourself. Some of you hate yourself so bad, you're always trying to adjust yourself. Quit it. Stop it. Be at peace with who you are and who God made you. Quit trying to disguise yourself. I have nothing wrong with that. I don't. Tattoos are tattoos. But... Don't lose yourself in your tattoos. You understand? Know who you are. There's, there's some people doing stuff to their body because they're, they're not happy with themselves. They're trying to tweak. They're trying to tweak their body. Just let there be a peace and a contentment. Be at rest. Thank you, Father, for making me who I am in you. Thank you for seeing me the way you see me. Thank you for putting victory inside of me. I thank you that I am a loving person. Thank you that I care for others more than I care for myself. Oh, the reason you never had the life that the Bible talks about is because you've never done what the Bible says to do. Number one thing he said to do, be thankful. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In everything. Thank you, Father, in the midst of this trial, you've given me patience, and I've got the power now to outlive my trial. And I can live in victory. And I can come out not like Noah was going to come out. I'm a big Jonah. He's going to come out the right way. That I'm going to outlive my circumstance, and I'm going to come out with joy and peace. I'm going to come out victorious. Amen? I tell you what, if you can get this concept and this in your heart and it doesn't happen just with one message, uh, this is a continual lifestyle. I tell you what, if you can just let this come alive in you, knowing that the seed's been placed in you, your responsibility is to get nutrition, to exercise, and to be at peace. If you can concentrate on these, those three things in your life, 
life will be well. You'll live more victorious than anybody else. You'll walk in the character and the nature of God because you have the nature of God inside of you. Just begin to thank God for it. Well, I don't have seen it. You will if you begin to thank it. Remember, Abraham didn't see himself. He didn't consider himself, but he listened to the promise. And he spoke the promise, giving glory to God. Thank you, Father, that I'm the father of many nations. Thank you, Father, that it's not about my body, but it's about your word. Thank you, Father, it's not about my wife, but it's about your word. Thank you, Father. And he began to thank the Father for the word that was given to him. And he didn't stagger at the promises of God in unbelief, but gave glory. And as he gave glory, he strengthened himself and became victorious and became the father of many nations. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Again, I want to encourage you to begin to understand nature. God put His nature in nature so we would be without excuse, so we would understand how He works in us, through us, for us. And ab- The Scripture says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, The scripture also says that he is the vine and we are the branches and that if we just stay connected, fruit's going to happen. We're supposed to bear fruit. We're just supposed to, he produces it. We're just supposed to be the branches that, no branch goes out there and goes, oh, I've got to push out fruit. Uh, uh." You might get a raisin. But you just be in a branch. You just be in a branch and let his life flow through you and you'll experience a life that you have fruit that other people enjoy and you'll be a blessing to your neighbor. You'll be a blessing to your family. People will look forward to being around you. Watch that change in your life. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory for all that you're doing in this place. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. And we thank you for teaching us and opening the eyes of our understanding to what we've known for so many years. And all God's people said, Amen Amen and Amen.